Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. In in honor of Malazan Book of the Summer coming to a tragic close, no warm up today, mm. Dan. A moment, because you know what? A moment of silent reflection for our lost heroes. Oh yeah. Okay, we have finished Memories of Ice, mm-hmm. <laughs> the third book in the Malazan series. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and just start talking about it. You know, yeah. it was a big ending. Mm-hmm. Absolutely big ending. massive. I kind of at at a certain point, I just couldn't put it down. Um, yeah, yeah. Because the the momentum the momentum was taking me. Mm-hmm. But let's start before that. Yes, let's start before the big ending where they get to the city. Right. My first note is Talk the Younger is mm-hmm. being held captive in Coral, <laughs> I think is the city. In right? like probably one um, of the worst circumstances you can imagine. Yeah. It's it's not good for my for my guy. Um I'm gonna go really specific here. Mm. He has some interactions with one of the Seardomen or whatever they're called, the mm-hmm. soldier guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that these guys know that they're the baddies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This when whole when time, <laughs> this guy's like, man, we really are tough. Not doing great. And Talk the Younger like says something nice to him. And he is like overcome with emotion. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, at least you guys are self-aware. I mean, right. I, I'm not going to give you a ton of credit, but. No. Yeah, you've had that. You've had that moment. I mean. I'm happy for you. I do think there is like kind of an aspect of like what do you do in that situation? There's mm-hmm. kind of an aspect of like what else was I supposed to do? Like just like die? Because he talks about the the soldier we're talking about mentions when his dad came back from fishing and like saw how crazy the city had become, he just like noped out and he was like good for right. dad. And so, like, you have to, like, I wonder if he had been on the ship, if he had also would have been like, yeah, I don't really want to go back either. But because he was already there, then it's like, it's too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough situation because you can't just resign and protest, you know? (laughs) Right. As much good as that does. uh, I think here they wouldn't really take your resignation too well. Probably not. It wouldn't go well for you. But I'm cu- I'm curious if that like sentiment extends to the rest of the army, or if, as, if far as, I, as far as I can tell, we we don't know. But I would hope so. I feel like it does because of how quickly the Tensakori switch. Right. Like as soon as they're given a different option, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that one. I think. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. Yeah, hopefully it works out for them in the long run. Seems like it's got potential. It's got Poe. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the folks who were a part of this thing were just kind of vibing. Not in a good way. They were vibing in a bad way. I wouldn't have put it that way, but I like that you did. You can catch any kind of vibrations, Luke. That's true. Um, 
But yeah, it seems like something you mentioned, I think last episode, it seems like the crippled god has had maybe some kind of influence over everybody involved here, including the seer. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. So the seer was using some kind of the crippled god's power, but um, Mm -hmm. not a great, not a great guy. The, the crippled god, it seems, it seems, I don't want to rush to judgment. But. I, I don't think we're rushing to judgment, Luke. I feel like we've heard a lot about this fella. None of it seems good so far. Right. I'm. This wasn't my note, but we haven't even really talked about the whole thing about the crippled god being like a god from another mm. existence. Like another dimension. Yeah. Right. I don't really know what that means, mm-hmm. but... I've... I will say he was the first one to be wronged here. Um, I'm not coming to the crippled god's defense because that's a bad thing to do. Um, <laughs> but it did seem like he just got randomly murdered by the like a few mages in this world. This right? is actually so interesting to think about this from the crippled god's perspective. Like imagine, imagine you're the crippled god. You're in your own whole zone. It's completely different from anything. It's like a you're the god of like an alien planet somewhere doing your thing. Uh, maybe you're like super chill. Maybe you're like the god of parties and having a good time in your other planet. And then one day out of nowhere, you're like falling through the sky of this foreign planet because some mages were like, we got to get rid of this emperor guy we got to get rid of this high king because he sucks so we're gonna rip this god from his own zone make him rain down upon us here and that's gonna fix that's gonna fix our problems meanwhile you're falling from the sky it's very hot you don't know where you are and everybody hates you immediately (laughs) it seems like i'm curious if we're ever gonna get a scene of the chaining right we keep hearing about it but is so maybe there were some things between the chaining and the original like killing of the of the chained god or I guess not killing but whatever we're whatever we're gonna call it um because like was there a negotiation where they're like hey buddy our bad but we can't let you running around free um so so we're gonna chain you up I uh, got, I don't know I don't know what happened there well, and here's the here's the problem, Luke. Here's because the negotiations are made ten times more difficult because they don't speak the same language. This is a god from another dimension. They communicate via blinking at each other, and this and they're trying to have a dialogue with this guy. Right. You right. can't do it. Maybe body language is completely different as well. Exactly. Right. And so everybody's constantly insulting him. He's constantly insulting everyone else, and there's just no. We need a translator here, please. Some kind a of, of a lot of cross wires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have we just come down? Have we just come down as saying the reason the crippled god is the way that he is is because of just a miscommunication of some crossed wires? Because <laughs> I'm worried that's where um, we're coming down on the crippled god. I'm not necessarily going to say it's the only thing, mm-hmm. or the 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 only reason that he's the way he is. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that everyone's innocent here. Uh, no doubt, 100%. Yes. Ooh, here's another idea, Luke. 
what if they brought this guy down and he's from a different dimension and in his dimension it's like a superman thing right where in his dimension he's just a normal kind of deity but when you bring him into this new world he's just way more powerful than everybody else Mm -hmm. and so all the other gods were like we don't want this guy to be the king right so we should just chain him up meanwhile he's over here still trying to party (laughs) yeah i mean we we just don't know what happened other than look okay current chained god bad guy yeah not good yeah um but well original actually now that we've talked now that we're talking about this though luke he's chained up like he's a prisoner right right like sure his interactions with mortals haven't been ideal but it seems like he's trying to escape his imprisonment it does yes can we really like knock him that Right. It seems like there should be like okay, I think that he has a big thing about like he wants vengeance on everyone he's going to like destroy the world. Okay, sure. But send in your best negotiator, your nicest boy. Like, hey, Chained God. We I don't know if you prefer a different name. We don't have to keep calling you Chained God. Um we could let you out if you if you promise not to kill everybody. First off, right at the bat, I'll say this. We're sorry. Big, big <laughs> uh-oh on our part. Big mistake. Sorry about that whole thing. Um, Here's a fruit basket. It's got pineapple in there. <laughs> throw some throw some insults at the original, like, wizards. Oh, that, easy. That brought them down. Easy, yeah. All of, a, all of a sudden, you guys are on the same team. Right. The real enemy are those evil mages. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Here, here there, we've got punching bags. Really good for taking out frustration. <laughs> sure, there are there are mortals who scream when you punch them, but you know what? It's fun that way. <laughs> the point is, there are options. There are for sure options. Which I feel like is is a big point that we bring up a lot. I desperately want to now hear the chained god's perspective for how all this went yes. down because I in my head. It was like he was not at fault for a long time. Like he's currently at fault because he's choosing what to do in his circumstance. And I don't think this is the best way to to go about freeing yourself necessarily. But like we don't know how that happened. I love I love that we we went that far on something that I don't think either of us had a note on. Not a single note. Uh, Here's another thing that I want to talk about that I think is. A little bit wild. What's the deal with Maybe? What like before we get the scene at the end where it's like, guess what, Maybe? This is your dream. This Warren is like your dream zone, and you're gonna live here forever, beautiful, with all these fun spirits. This is your time. Mm-hmm. Before we get that reveal that that's what it's building to. Why is everybody so just like terrible with this old woman? Right. I don't understand why it had to be kept from her. Like, one thing it had to be kept from her, but a lot of people didn't know, right? A lot of people, it was just like, there's this old lady that everybody's abusing. So Merlio and Call were like, let's maybe get her out of here. Maybe get her to like a nursing home or something. Out of this wagon. 
like, I just didn't understand what everybody else's deal was with like not letting her like potentially like die and end her suffering or like keeping a guard on her all the time. I didn't get why everyone was so like, yeah, I, I think that this is mostly on silver Fox Mm. for not explaining literally anything. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For, for waiting until the very end when all of her plans, she felt like didn't work and then being sad about it because she didn't include anybody in the planning phase or deployment process. I guess, I guess Krupp was in on it, but maybe I think that's it. I don't, I feel like Krupp might've just figured it out. I feel like Krupp was just bebopping around and was like, I think Silver Fox is trying to do this dream thing. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I, yeah. So I think this is mostly on Silver Fox. I don't know why she had to be like intentionally cruel to her mom to like make this work. But maybe I, I don't understand the spell that she cast here's here's the dark the darkest part of this here's the darkness here silver fox had to make reality so terrible for this woman that she was like oh i get to live in a dream world that's like kind of marshy and smells like peat and where i'm not super old yeah totally i'm excited about that like if Silver Fox yeah. had just been like, "Hey mom, let's go. Let's get ice cream. Let's take the day off. Let's hang out. Let's have some bonding time. Let's have a relationship." I feel like it would be, you know, it would be kind of hard to say, "Okay, now you're going to go off and live with a bunch of wolves and spirits by yourself in a dream world forever." Yeah. Okay, let's let's for, let me just say maybe that there's like a reason why she had to go through this process to like make the dream thing work. Mm -hmm. I don't really know why. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, it just seems like there are so many opportunities along the way to like make it a little bit better Mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, the wolves chasing you, they're not going to kill you. You don't have to be terrified the entire time. Right. Right. Like I can, I can just sit you down and explain what the deal with the wolves, and I don't have to try yeah. and keep it from you that the wolves are actually my buddies, and it's totally mm-hmm. chill. Um, yeah, yeah. So or Fox, I think not coming out great in this section. Not definitely not coming out great. You also could have just been like, "Hey, I can't hang out with my mom, but I would like to send this message to her," and that message is. She's super important, and I care about her a lot. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. That's like sometimes that's all the little that's the little boost that somebody needs to keep going. You know, that's all it is. Instead of force feeding her broth every day. On a similar note, on an opposite note, Ooh. H- Hetton, the bargast uh, woman. Yes, she's like great, right? uh yeah sure i kind of love the vibe and now i'm assuming now here's what i'm assuming i'm assuming all of these sexual encounters are like consensual but just more of like a dominatrix kind of thing right let's because i i did want to note there's a chance that she's sexually assaulting a lot of people right which 
would make this would would which would flip our opinion exactly. Um, but you're, what you're saying is based on the assumption that it's a whole role playing thing. Yeah, and everybody's I, actually really into it. Exactly. Yes. Which is like she's not actually sleeping with men against their wills. She's just like very aggressive about wanting to sleep with them, and is apparently wild in bed, like super crazy. Uh, and it seems like the men are like hesitant, but they're still like going with her out into the woods. So like, right. They're choosing to go. It seems like I, yes, I just love this whole vibe. If now again, I should say if it's consensual, I love the vibe of Hetton just being like, yeah, I would like to sleep with you. Let's do it. And the men being like, uh, what? Hold on. <laughs> right right she knows what she wants and mm-hmm. she goes and gets it um yeah she's pretty good she's pretty good <laughs> the her and her and krupp are very funny i um, love that her and krupp is peak <laughs> for me which good for good for both of them you know it seems like they're a good match yeah yeah i especially love the turn when she's like uh I can't deal with this Krupp guy. He's he's like too yeah. into me now. <laughs> Krupp, Krupp takes, yeah, takes over a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little flip, which mm, she's not good. into, I guess. <laughs> no, um, but maybe is into. It's hard to tell. Okay, I'm going to go to something completely different. Yeah, let's go. And there's a scene with a lot of revelations. Okay. That is just kind of like casually put in there, mm-hmm. which is Whiskey Jack and Dujack talking. And it throws into question like our interpretations of everything that has happened in like the Malazan situation. You mean when they're you mean when they're talking about the Empire's like long term goals? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. They say for one thing. They're like, yeah, we can't let anyone know this kind of thing because mortal empires aren't supposed to plan for this long. Which it's like, what? (laughs) Because that has to be very, that's like centuries. Yeah. At least, right? (laughs) At least. Mortal empires should be planning for a pretty far amount of time. (laughs) Right. You would think at least a hundred years in the future, right? Right. So I'm taking it that their plans are like, impacting millennia in the future (laughs) they're like they're like quarter four a thousand years from now we'll get iphone 2 rolling out and uh we're gonna have a lot of social media is gonna start to become an issue so we're gonna have to counter that with these (laughs) policies right either that or mortal empires are (laughs) Very bad. <laughs> well, there's a lot of ruins could be out t- there. Right. It could be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but going on to some more specifics, our guy, Tay Shrin, yes, is actually a good guy, which who knew? Yes. It seems that way now. Remind me of why he did the thing that he did at Pale. Because that was why he was a bad guy. And I don't remember the justification for why he killed. Did he just kill the knight 
whatever and the big dude because he they were gonna make a silver fox like were they planning this far down the line i think so i i don't quite remember exactly the details i'd have to go and and reread that conversation Mm -hmm. um but he didn't mean to kill the bridge burners i think whiskey jack still thinks that he wanted to kill him right um, right but it was more of a focused collapsing of tunnels is what you're saying (laughs) right sure um and the little like betrayal was something else was going on there that wasn't super bad and then like apparently I don't quite get this part, but apparently when Belladin goes to confront Tattersail, it was supposed to not happen the way it did. But I don't think they ever say like what was supposed to happen. Anyway, um, I'm curious. I don't know if I'm going to do it anytime soon, but a reread of these books would be very interesting. Yeah, especially now. This. It feels like these three books too provide like a pretty good idea of what's been going on like throughout the through the story it feels like this is a good kind of like we are well, we are ending here for now but it feels like this is kind of a good ending because it gives a lot of like interesting stuff from the past two books and a lot from gardens of the moon as well um right yes yeah the other thing about this which is very interesting is and i don't know if you share this perspective but in gardens of the moon it was pretty like meh to anti malazan empire i was kind of like "Eh, they seem like the baddies i don't know if this is great now we've gotten a pretty big image rebrand in these last two books when we see what else is out there malazan seems pretty good actually they they do seem pretty good we definitely got an initial bad like some bad press Mm -hmm. because the whole slaughtering of like there was a lot of like a lot of unnecessary slaughter. It seems like they like cull the nobility every now and then. Yeah. For some reason. And the Empress seemed like in somewhat incompetent in a way that was very detrimental to like general well-being. Mm-hmm. But I think all of that seems to be turning around. We also get the the impression that when they took when the empress took over from the previous emperor there is actually a good reason for it right and whiskey jack was demoted for a good reason right yes yes i i don't know if this is a little bit of like revisionist history you know where they're mm-hmm. going back and kind of changing what's what's happening to like fit what's going ass- on now right i'm going to assume not because it's like us looking into it do jack and whiskey jack conversation yeah i don't think it is either um so like i think we should be rooting for the malazan empire at this point it seems like it especially because there's that conversation i don't remember which two characters this is this conversation happens between but they're essentially talking about this question like is the malazan empire good like should we be fighting against the malazan empire i think it might have it might be one of the tanamas and oh yeah it was one of the ton and moss because they're saying why did you side with the i think they're talking about why did they side with the malazan empire and they were like you know what looking around at all the stuff out there they're kind of the best option (laughs) um so yeah i think i think we should be team malazan at this point 
I don't know if it's the, just that I, we've bought into the propaganda or not, but I'm leaning Team well, Malazan. Uh, I think of the empires and groups that we've seen, we should be leaning Team Malazan. I think heavily Team Malazan of the other empires we've seen, because the bar is like barely above the floor. Right, that's the issue. The bar is very low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like Darugistan. Darugistan seems good, but they're just like a city-state, so. Right, right. <laughs> some other some other good guys that I'm that I'm rooting for. Mm-hmm. A small group. The Mott Irregulars. The Mott Irregulars are outstanding. Are awesome. <laughs> the Bull Brothers. <laughs> They're great. I don't know what's going on with them. No. Um, no. Nope. They they're they're kind of a Krupp vibe, I think. They they give me a bit of a Krupp vibe. They more give me the vibe of like somebody from like Eastern Kentucky who is like mm-hmm. fighting in the Revolutionary War and is just like like they're they're working on a lot of luck and like not a ton of like like book learning, but they've got a lot of skills you know and they're scrappy okay see i when when i said they remind me of krupp is because i imagine that they are much more powerful than they seem and they're like trying to downplay themselves ooh you think it's an act i don't know if it's all an act mm-hmm. but i think that they're intentionally like they for sure are their own thing yeah 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 yeah. they for sure because they're are. really good yes it seems <laughs> well they were like already and, like, on nobody the knows it right yeah yeah right. yeah for sure i think it's also funny that they all introduce themselves as the high marshal of the mod regulars like anytime somebody walks up to them he's they're like i'm the harm i'm high marshal sty what's going on right and it's like how many high marshals do you have in this in this group here yeah yeah I, very... i'm into them they're currently uh very close second to the to the malazans mm, of who we want running the show yeah for sure mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah i think i'd agree with that i think one group that i have literally no interest in joining and have no idea how they ended up so weird are the malazan mages what the fuck guys Okay. What happened? The, the mages being give us give us a list of the mages. Okay. Well, so there sure there's the high mages. There's the really powerful ones like Tayshren and and Quick Ben. Not who I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the squad mages. I'm talking about the dude with the hair shirt, mm-hmm. who who we've already dunked on. Now there's a dude named Toes. What are we I doing? What are we doing, you guys? You can't. You can't just walk around with toes covering your your body in a military organization where you're like not bathing very regularly. People come the description of this person is that they just stink all the time. Right. And they're covered in toes. Like I'm not in a milit I'm not in an army with them. I quit army if I'm with toe guy. Yeah. Ugh. I had forgotten about Toe Guy. So 
there this is mainly like two examples right it's the the toe the toe guy and the hair shirt guy sure this is two examples we've only seen like 10 or 11 total mages so if we're working on percentages here luke this is a rough percentage of people with just like body parts adorning their person yeah it's it's also funny how i don't know you know the little like thing about there being a fair exchange and so like the mages (laughs) and the soldiers have like a really good relationship yeah I can't tell if that's mainly with like the high mages that are actually always doing stuff or if that also includes the like scrub weirdo mages. <laughs> if that includes toe and hair shirt guy and scabby who who is covered in old scabs cuz that gives him some kind of cool vibe. Right, he keeps picking his scabs and eating them and so they keep coming back. Yeah. Love him. No, nobody loves him. Maybe just the exchange is lower, you know? Like the exchange rate. The exchange rate gets lowered a little bit. Right. And here's the thing. We have a a mage, a like low-level mage, I guess, that is normal. There's a couple, yeah. Mallet. Mm -hmm. The healer guy. Yes. Who seems cool. And clearly (laughs) hangs out with the normal soldiers and not the other mages. This is true. I will say the other mages who are a part of this like mage squad seemed weird, but not batshit insane like toes. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciated that there were some that just were a little bit unique, but not like crazy. Mm hmm. And I think Mallet is kind of like a weird one because they ref- they like refer to him differently. Like he has kind of a different role than the other mages as like mm-hmm. a healer. But yep. but still, yes. I think they might be there might be a little bit of self-isolation that's going on or self-selection where the group is just like it kind of forms with all these misfits. Yeah. Do yeah. Th- I don't we haven't gotten really an idea on what causes someone to be a mage. So I can't tell I can't tell if it's like what where the cause and effect goes. You know? I imagine there is a there are some potential mages who are in the Malazan army. They're like at dinner one night and they're like, "Man, this coffee is like lukewarm. I wish I could heat it up a little bit." And they access a war and they're like, "Whoa, do I have do I have magic?" And then they look down the table at at all the mages who are sitting together. And they're like, you know what? I don't think I do have powers. And they go back to their to their grog, to their ale. <laughs> right, right. Because at some point, it's not worth it. Like if you if your mage level is so low that it's like, well, if I reveal this, I have to go hang out with the weird squad. There's definitely a trade off there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a there's a limit. There's a limit to how much you'd want to want to deal with, I think. Uh, quick note, though. Quick note about the mages. Mm-hmm. There is a scene where one of the mages in, I think it's Peron's group, 
that's like in those tunnels, they're they're trying to fend off this assault from the tunnels, and they have a very small group. And there's a mage coming up the hill, and they need to take him out quickly before he can cause a lot of damage. And I don't remember which one of the mages this is. It's not Quick Ben, but they do this spell where they fill his lungs with water to like drown him. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that this dude says is like, I can't tell you what this spell does. Like, I can't tell you how I'm going to do it. I just, it doesn't, it won't work very well if I do that. And I think this goes back to one of our hypotheses about why Quick Ben is not labeling any of his magical stuff. True. Yes, this is a good point. This is a potential explanation. I'm not saying it is the explanation here. I'm just saying potentially there is some kind of problem that happens with the magic if you explain what it does to someone else. Right. This specific one was because they needed to surprise the other wizard. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is some idea that if you say it aloud, there's like potentially sets off a little like sixth sense right once it's in the cloud it's like always going to be in the cloud right right um but we had talked about it because last book quick ben and kalam like kalam wanted to know what something did and quick ben was like i'm not gonna tell you which is weird yeah uh i think that this i think that this supports our little hypothesis there uh i'm not willing to claim victory yet Mm -mm. because i'm uh cautious that way Mm -hmm. but i think we're looking good Mm -hmm. i think we're looking good we don't get to see a everything of like quick ben's connections with kalam we do see i think they like when they when he sends some gifts with those traders little easter egg Mm -hmm. there i was kind of waiting for when Kalam calls him up on his cell phone, right? His rock cell phone. Because when it happens in the last book, Quick Ben is like, I do not have time for right. this. Quick Ben's like, I'm a little busy. Quickly, what's up? And I was like fully expecting that to happen right in the middle of Quick Ben, like <laughs> fighting for his life. No, no, no. This is where, this is the perfect, this would have been the perfect place for it to happen. They're on the roof, hiding out from the condors who are circling overhead. And Quick Ben is like doing the shadow thing to hide them. And then his phone starts right. ringing, and he's like, "Oh shit, shit, shit! Hold on." <laughs> and it's like right. a custom ringtone for for Kalam, you know? Yeah, it's like my milkshake. Yeah. It's I the, just yeah, yeah, for sure. I just think it's so funny. I I think last ep or when we were doing those episodes. We were like, come on, Quick Ben, like you could spend some time. <laughs> and now it's very clear that Quick Ben's priorities were much higher than Kalam's, I think. Yeah, seemed a little bit more important. I agree. Uh I I would have loved I agree with you. I would have loved to see like when this happened. I would have loved to see when Quick Ben answered the phone and was like, kinda busy, guys. Right. Um yeah, no question. Okay. My last note before we get to the big finish is we kind of talked about how Kaladin Brood sucks last episode. Mm-hmm. I think same thing this time. Mm. Okay. Big errors, I think, for Kaladin Brood. He's coming out. I think of the like main powerful guys, mm-hmm. he's 
got to be at the bottom right now. <sighs> Rough, harsh words for Cowden Brood here. Let me see if I agree. Is he like... I think I do 100% agree with you, yes. Of all of the powerful dudes, yeah. I think he's even lower than One-Arm and Whiskey Jack. Oh, yeah. Easily. In terms of, okay, okay, okay. To be clear, this is not like who would win in a fight. Oh, That's no. Not we're ranking. No. Right now. This is like who, who's hot and who's not, who, right? Who gets shit done, right? Right. He's at the bottom, I think, yeah. For sure the bottom. I can't think of someone lower than him right now. Did he even do anything? Hold on. Did he even no. do a single thing? No, he like whiskey or I think it's I can't remember if it's whiskey jack or do jack or like, hey, we did this thing. Everybody's up there. Do you want to rush and help him out? And Kalor convinces him no. And so he doesn't. And then like later, Kalor comes back and is like, hey, I think that was a wrong call. Uh, I'm going to go apologize and also betray everyone. And Calden's Root's like, yeah, that was a terrible decision, but go for it. And that's like it. That's yeah. like all he does. Yeah. He doesn't even use his hammer, right? He holds up his hammer like he's about to use it. And then fucking Rake steps in and is like, hold on. I got this big boy. You just you keep chilling, brood. <laughs> he's looking bad. He had a bad game. He had a terrible game. He scored like maybe two points the whole game. And they were free throws. <laughs> oh, yeah. More turnovers than points. Brood sucked. Brood. You're right. Oh, Brood, get out of here. We need a different mortal sword or mortal whatever for burn. Because Brood, Brood used his hammer to make a new mountain range and look like a fool. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Brood sucked. For sure, for sure. The other character that I want to give a I want to throw a little bit of shade on before mm-hmm. we before we kind of get in. Actually, there's a couple. I, we need to throw shade on a few characters and then we'll get into the big finish. The first character that I want to throw shade on, Corlot is like talking about how Rake has been doing all this stuff because if he doesn't, then everyone's going to be really bummed out that they have to live forever and they don't have a lot to live for. And she's like, I have to take his place if he isn't around anymore. Otherwise, everyone will give in to the despair. But it's like, actually, it's not about giving into despair. It's like realizing that's what he's doing. It's like realizing he's mm-hmm. doing it to distract everyone. This is not a right. hard connection to make. Like, yeah. you think you're the first one of these Tristy Andy who's been like, oh, maybe we're just running around continent to continent in a flying mountain because Rake is trying to keep us entertained and we don't right. really have yeah. a purpose. This is <laughs> this is like with when, when you're when I'm having a really bad day and like a friend or a partner is like clearly trying to do stuff and and make my day better. Like, yeah, it's obvious. You're the last person to have figured this out, Corlat right everybody else is like humoring you like everybody's like letting you still enjoy the magic of disneyland and they're the ones like packing sunscreen and like picking up trash right right i think this is a good point so corlat just like you're the last one who realized it this is why you're putting the second in command too because everyone was like no i don't want to pretend i i it's not worth it it's not worth it yeah 
The other the other person that I want to throw shade on, they're okay, Kalor, clearly terrible, but there's one specific point here that shows like how bigoted he is. And that is there is this discussion that's happening between two Tristy and D. And Kalor is like, if you're gonna live in this country, speak English, is essentially what he says to them. How bigoted do you have to be that you refuse to learn a language of another immortal race that has been around for like right. thousands of years? Like you, Kalor has been around for thousands of years and he hasn't hundreds learned of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years. He has not learned the Tristy Andy language at all. And they, it has not changed. I guarantee that language is like pretty much the same from day one would have taken him like a month on Duolingo to figure out, and he was like, "Nah, I'll just make him. Right. St- I'll just make him talk my language." Yeah, Kalor's the worst. I don't know what he's been doing this whole time. <laughs> um, it seems like not a lot. I don't know. Like, get another hobby. You know, he's been playing a lot of video games. I would say too much Call of Duty because he claims to have all this tactical knowledge. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you want to flank him on this side and do this. He uses none of it. Right. Have we ever seen him give tactical advice that's been like a winning move that nobody thought of? Right, because (laughs) it's also like... You can be good at, like, tactics, but it's not, like, an automatic win. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like chess where the best chess person in the world is going to, like, be a good person to have around when you're playing a chess game. Yes. There's still a lot of, like, luck and things beyond your control. So, like, not the biggest, the most useful thing to be, like, the best at. Right. Exactly. And yes, we do not see a ton of him helping out. I mean, granted, when he says this, it's like to get an excuse to go betray everyone, but still. He says this at the beginning, too. This is why he is like Kaladin Brood's second in command, which actually, now that I think about it, makes a lot of sense that they'd be paired up. (laughs) It's actually astonishing that they've made it this far, frankly. It makes so much sense now why these two have not been able to beat Whiskey Jack and Ducek. These dudes, here's why they teamed up. This is actually the perfect pairing in my mind. They teamed up because they both are just gassing themselves up constantly, but they're not, they have nothing to show for it. And that's, they're like the only two people that can like stand being around each other that long. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> These guys. Yeah. I I want to throw shade at one more character. Yeah, yeah. But it's during the battle. Okay. I feel like Lady Envy doesn't do a ton. Lady Envy deserves like, some shade here, yeah. Yeah. Their squad, the Lady Envy squad, I was expecting to come in hot and like turn the tide of the battle. Mhm. And I don't think so. She barely does really anything. Do she lets a bunch of bridge burners just get massacred. And she has been fighting a literal army to get here. Like, she and these three dudes and two canines have been fighting an army and a Talanamas. 
but they've just been like decimating an entire army. Right. And then she gets to the city she's been trying to get to and is like, I don't want to get my hands dirty. So. Right. So she had a good like first half or maybe three. <laughs> we're we're doing another, quarters. we're doing another sports metaphor here. Sticking to it. Um, but, but she didn't come up clutch. I don't think she disappeared, disappeared in the final few minutes. Dan, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Absolutely not. You can't do that at all. I feel like her and Kaladin Brood would be a good pair. For sure. For sure. They dis- they disappear when the <laughs> when, it, when it gets time to crunch time. Mm-hmm. Um so that's who's if we're doing a who's not and who's not, that's who's not. That's for sure who's not. There's one before we get into the battle. This I think this is going to be a good segue about tactics here. Okay. We've been traveling through all these lands and there's this discussion about the fact that this empire is not meant to survive long. It's like it's burning out quickly because all of these cities that they're coming to are dead. Mm-hmm. When I heard that, there was two things that come to my mind. The first is that this is a trap. Somebody wants us to come attack this city. It doesn't. It's not going to be around for that long. And so they, for some reason, they want us all here. And they're, it's so obvious that this is a trap. Like, don't, just wait. Just don't go. It seems right. better to just not go. The second thing is related to this, and that is like, you are outside the city. Just don't let them leave. Like, they aren't getting, right. they aren't getting food into the city. They're going to literally eat each other, and then you just walk in and are like, nice. Job done. <laughs> right. If there's ever a time where a siege was called for, this would probably be it. <laughs> They're growing literally It doesn't nothing. even have to be a siege of the city. It has to be a siege of the empire. Because, <laughs> like, the whole thing at the beginning of this is they're in danger, like, the, the continent, mm-hmm. and probably larger than the continent, is in danger of, because this empire just, like, keeps expanding. It yes. It needs to keep expanding. Yes. You stopped it from expanding and it's now shrinking. That's like game over. You're saying that based on what this like empire does. Yes, this is so true. They could have just stayed in Kapuistan and like Mm -hmm. made sure that another army didn't leave the main city and then just waited because yeah, because they were slashing and burning all of the any crops that they had, which were basically none to begin with. All the cities around them were dead. You just wait. You just wait. And they decided they wanted to have a cool battle. So here we are at the cool battle. It was a cool battle. Incredibly cool battle, Luke. Very cool battle. Didn't go well. For most of our people involved, yeah. Yeah. My Okay, my first thing about this battle, can we nerf the Kachain Chamale, please? They're, like, way too powerful. Way too powerful. Like, it's insane. It's insane. You have, like... I feel like if if you had, like, a hundred of them, it would be way too pow- like way too powerful. And they had, like, thousands of them? Right. Because there was at least 800 ju- that just, like, went outside the city. Right. And we're... Also, hey... <laughs> hey, my guy, Covian, uh, do this later. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
When the when the Talon and Moss are like about to take him on, you're like, all right, here he goes. And Kovian's like, wait, wait, guys, yeah. hold on. We need to do a we need to do a wellness check here on the Talon and Moss. I need to do a mental health. We need to give them a mental health day, I think. <laughs> so, like, I'm on board with the with the thing that you're mm-hmm. doing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did you're doing good things. And like you sure you deserve uh all the all the love we're throwing on you. Mm-hmm. There has literally never been a worse time for you to do it. Right. Yeah. Literally the worst <laughs> possible time. Yes, it's of pretty all bad. The 300,000 years for you to do this. <laughs> this moment that you chose was the worst. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, because even like five minutes in the future probably would have been way better. Like, let yeah. him let him take out a good number of these boys, and then you can do your thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is a great point. Ekovian, the timing here wasn't ideal. The timing here wasn't ideal. Uh, something that I loved that we get a lot of in this in this ending bit is the uh the tool talk the younger bromance Mm -hmm. that we i didn't really realize was that big of a thing until tool is like i gotta find my brother i'm I'm here for my brother i'm finding talk and i was like oh oh that's kind of very nice (laughs) it is it is very nice it really shows that basic human kindness is very not in this world because it was quite easy for talk to become like brothers with tool. <laughs> like he was just nice to him. It's so sad. Everyone get a t- everyone go befriend a Talonamas. Go Please. go hug a Talonamas. I know it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but it will really make their day. It really will. The, yeah, I I just loved the like the like kindness, the little moment of kindness that talk showed tool really paying off here at the end. Really paying off. Uh, love tool, by the way. Tool's great. Ten out of ten. Swap out brood with tool. I think for all future engagements. For sure. Generally. For sure. Sh- for sure. <laughs> um. Okay. A lot goes on in this battle. I don't have a specific, like, organized way of us of taking us through it, though. So I want to start with the bridge burners, I mm-hmm. guess. That's, I think that's a good way to go with specific, specific factions. Yeah, let's start with bridge burners. And I'll say this before we get into bridge burners. Can we say MVP for bridge burners, please? Or, like, maybe MVP for Malazan forces you mean like the bridge burners as a whole are the mvp mvp is like dujek one arms host wait bridge burners are part of dujek one arms host right yes so yes. i'm saying the dudes that dujek brought that faction mvp mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying sure. like no question the malazan buddies mvp for this whole engagement oh yeah of course okay of course okay now that we've got to give it to him now that we've established that 
our bridge burners go in first with, in with my guy Peron and Quick Ben. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the numbers that they're taking out, but they're like really punching above their weight whole time, right? Constantly. They take out like the keep. Uh, they've got some cussers, some some grenades, all that stuff. They're distracting like everybody. Uh huh. Buying everybody. T- it's like thirty people. Right. Yeah. The numbers that we're talking about here in my mind are like tens. Like between. 30 and 50 people are distracting this army of hundreds of thousands and like weakening this like like the the greatest force of all time what are we doing with these bridge burners (laughs) they're they're crushing it um they just get they just get a rough go of it which is unfortunate Yes. I mean, it's their whole thing. Like, their first first one's in, last one out. So, like, it's their whole thing that they're in the thick of it all the time. Mm-hmm. But give these guys a break. Well, I know we do at the end. We do at the end give them a well-deserved break. This is true. But I I think we've been asking too much of them for a long time. Because yes. I think... Like, you could potentially get another squad to do some of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not... There's not, like, specialists that are on this team, necessarily. I mean, they're all very talented. And I think part of it is just that, yeah, they're all, like, stars. You know, this is an all-star team. Mm -hmm. But what they ask them to do is just blow a hole in the keep and get out of there. I feel like any old sappers will do. For that <laughs> right right but then again yeah, i think if, i think if you send any old sappers they're not gonna like try and distract the kachain chamale and and do all that other stuff right i just you know the bridge burners are gonna be somewhere right yes yes oh i see what so you're you saying. do have to you do have to put like the opportunity cost of putting them in one spot versus another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this was the best spot for them. It probably, uh, you, you could certainly make that argument. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I got here, but um, Bridge Burners crushing it. Bridge Burners uh, crushing let's get it. Some, let's get some medals, some plaques for these. <laughs> well, no, they don't get any. Of, they actually don't get any of those things. Right. Because they just get written off as casualties and then they get to go live in Darugistan, which probably a good good ending for a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Seems for sure. Seems nice. For the for the six that are left. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff for them. Uh the uh oh, what are the bug people called? Moranth. Moranth. The Moranth had a big moment here that I was very into. Like, essentially, none of this would have been possible without the Moranth. And they did, like, a helicopter, like, paratrooper drop-off of all of these forces into the city, which was wild. It was wild. Here's the question for you. Mm -hmm. If I'm sticking with sports. Okay. Yes. Because we did MVP. Got to. Are the Moranth the X Factor? Uh, I feel like it's between Moranth and 
the moon spawn crashing into you know what actually no it's Maranth. Fuck Moonspawn. I don't I don't care. That that shit was weak. <laughs> Moonspawn didn't do anything. It didn't do say, anything. I'm... It was weak as hell. Didn't care about Moonspawn coming in. It was that that was like coming in fourth quarter. They were already up 30 points. Didn't matter. Right. Didn't matter. <laughs> it's actually I don't think that's quite true. I think it did have a pretty significant impact, but uh I I think so too, but I think it underwhelmed. Mm, it did underwhelm yeah i think the long-term consequences of it were very impressive and Mm. it's it's like probably what'll get talked about for a long time because now the whole city's like covered in darkness forever so like that's sure that's gonna be yeah but i don't really know what that right but i don't really know what that did at the time yeah i think it was like going through and like helping attack people as well but i right it was hard to tell Yes, I think that it was a big it was a big move that um, that Rake had planned that came out as like a little bit unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. So had it been had like other things been happening, it would have it would have been MVP, mm-hmm. but it became it became a little bit less because other people stepped up. It it was somewhat overshadowed would you say oh sure yeah i could say that which which uh you know kind of odd for a for a big old mountain but uh but yes it was a little overshadowed um i'll say the marath definitely the x factor here uh i don't know about one arm's plan if it was necessarily like the greatest because it sounded like it was constantly on the verge of just completely imploding like when they dropped off six thousand troops inside the city and they were like this is a good idea and then started getting attacked by the kachain chamale and the condors and it clearly was not a good idea right so so they there was a lot of like necessary dependencies for the plan to even kind of work i it worked out great in the end but um Maybe not the. I wouldn't say great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, I wouldn't say great either. Was it even? Now that I'm thinking about it, was it even necessary? I don't understand why we did the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like why did we even do stepping the whole aside, thing? stepping aside from the whole like maybe you should have waited them out. Uh-huh. I don't know why the Malazans had to rush ahead of everyone. Yes. Other than to like be the ones to have claim to the city once it was taken. Yes. So that might be it. And this could be another case of long-term plans and like schemes within schemes. So right, that, I think it is. That could very well be the case. Uh, additionally, maybe they felt like they knew the larger scheme of what was going on. Like Captain Paran and Quick Ben had this like other thing that they were trying to do with the seer mm-hmm. and so maybe the plan was more about that than like winning the city like quick ben and captain pran had to be the first ones to get to the seer for this to work otherwise he's right. just getting put in some stupid sword and pulling a wagon right but apparently we need that i don't know dude i <laughs> it seemed like okay 
we're we're backtracking a little bit we'll come back to the cool the cool battle at the end this sword seems like a bad idea from the outset right like you're there's like an exponential growth curve to the number of people you have to be murdering to keep this thing moving yes because as people stop being able to pull the wagon they get thrown into the wagon yeah so it just gets it's getting heavier and heavier the more people that it's just an exponential growth of how many people you need pulling this thing and okay here's the other thing that's if you think about crazy uh you are relying on the people pulling to keep pulling but when the wolves were attached to it when the hounds of shadow were attached to it they almost tipped it over Ooh. so it's not like the the things that are pulling it are just like they can't help but pull it everybody could just be like you know what i'm done i'm not pulling anymore we're forming a union and we want wages <laughs> we're on strike right presumably they know that like the chaos stuff is going to saw them if they stop but maybe it's like i don't even care anymore it's been ten thousand years i'm done yeah the sword doesn't seem like a great idea i think draconis when we talk to him is like yeah it was a bad call Let's go back to one of the the point that we always make. There are other options. Mm-hmm. Always other options. Yeah, yeah. Always other options. This was definitely Seems a cool like a one, though. One. This was definitely a cool one. And to bring us back cool. to this fight, uh, sure. In terms of like practical effect, Rake doesn't seem like he had a huge impact on the fight. Mm-hmm. He did have a huge impact on the the castle, but that's more of a literal impact than a anyway. Uh, the swag though we've talked about Rake's swag in the past and how he's got a mane like the dude deserves the mane right the dude every time we see him is like the theatrics are on point the like ambiance is outstanding his dialogue is like so good when he's talking to Lady Envy he's just like yeah I knew all that shit you walked how far to tell me that (laughs) Rake is incredible. Rake, the vibe is just unreal. The one <laughs> Rake. I like, love it. Everything he does. Even the the bringing Moonspawn up out of the lake, it's like, what? <laughs> it's incredible. I feel like this is the thing about Rake that he is literally the perfect person to keep the Tristy Andy entertained because everything right. he does is huge and dramatic. Like imagine him being like, guess what guys, guess what we're going to do this week. We're going to take moon spawn and we're putting it underwater. It's going to be nuts. No one's going to expect it. Yeah. At this point. So rake started out just trying to like desperately trying to entertain people right but he's been doing it so long it's just it's just him now yeah that's right that's right the the character and the person have merged to where he's just now constantly drama there's always drama around rake you're never going to you're never going to out drama animator rake no. if you ever are expecting like hey i'm going to go surprise him like lady envy or like i'm going to pull one over on my boy rake 
It's not going to work. It's never. You're going to look a fool. Yeah. I'm sorry. And he's going to twist it to where he looks so badass. Right. Right. Peron's over here like, yeah, I'm going to steal the sword. No, you're not. He's going to give it to you. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the most epic thing you've ever experienced, Peron. You're going to tell your grandchildren about it. It's going to be very cool. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. We we still love Rake. I'm following Rake forever to the ends of the earth, or at least I just want to be mm-hmm. around what his what he's up to because it's interesting yeah. at the very least. We ha- we talked a little bit about Talk the Younger. Um the whole thing with him was kind of intense and I was I was expecting more of like an explosive like come to the rescue event when the two wolf gods get back together. Mm-hmm. Like I was expecting that to be the culmination and the like savior of everything. Mm-hmm. Not that I was disappointed or anything with right. what happened. It right. was just like a little bit, I think more of a setup for future rather than like the ending of this book. Mm-hmm. You mean with talk being kind of like reborn and like, he didn't really get like his body rescued in a major way. Well, that too, but I'm I'm more specifically thinking about like I thought that the two gods, the two oh. wolf gods, were gonna were gonna come in. I we're see. gonna come in to play more. Not but, that not that talk was just like pregnant with a man wolf and had to die for the wolf to get out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but I did think the the tying him in with an aster was very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Tough look though. When you're like, talk the younger, it's like, hey, who am I? Like, who's this body again? <laughs> Everybody keeps giving me this weird look. Because he knows this guy, too. Oh, yeah. He already knows. He That's knows true. who this guy is. So he's got to be like, hey, you know, I'm not this guy anymore, right? He's got to turn it around. It's tough. Yeah, it's a very tough look. Um, the other ones we we got to hit on. We talked about the Mott regulars a little bit. Very cool. There's also gray swords. Seem to still be holding on. Still be doing stuff. Right. Um, right. And the uh, Trask, I think. The Tiger of the Summer. That mm. legion. Trake. Gruntle's legion. Forming like a like a Voltron tiger thing <laughs> where they all just get in a big right. pile and run around. <laughs> pretty cool. That is pretty cool. pretty cool. Seems like it wasn't like it was effective, but uh, another reason why we need to just nerf the Kachain Chamale because this thing sounded yeah. super powerful. And even so it was still getting decimated by these Velociraptors. So, right yeah good selling point though for recruits hey every thursday we all get together and run around as a giant tiger (laughs) we get in a big pile and we run around it's really fun you're gonna love it i'd sign up as long as it's like hey the we're not running at the we're not running at the dinosaurs anymore right other than that yeah i'm in uh you also do have to be naked that's just a part of it you start out as a leg. Maybe you'll get to be on the head sometime. Um, 
But yeah, they were pretty cool. Very pretty cool. cool. I like that uh, he, the the Mortal Sword and Talk the Younger are going to be buddies. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did like that. I also loved how uh, Gruntle was like, I hate this guy. This guy sucks. I, yeah. He's like going to be the worst. And then they have like one conversation. He's like, oh, this guy's tight. <laughs> this guy is a bro for sure. I did love for that. Sure. I did love that a lot. I think talk is just talk just has kind of this magnetic personality. Right. Where everybody just wants to love talk the younger. Yeah. Um, The other squad that I think, I think we had a lot of bridge burners die. Not to go back to the bridge burners. I think a lot of the deaths were fairly cool. Like, like hedge mm, just yeah. being like ah fuck it and like throwing a cusser on the ground in front right. of him very cool trots also just like decimating a bunch of people and going down like covered in blood with a big grin on his face very yeah. trots um a lot of these deaths were great i thought uh the one oh whiskey jack though we got to talk about whiskey jack going down we do i don't I didn't love Whiskey Jack going going here. I did not see it coming no. at all. No. I kind of liked the way it happened. I will say I like that we somewhat predicted it by dunking on Whiskey Jack not getting his leg fixed for so long. <laughs> right. I, um... I thought it was good. I I liked the surprise and how it happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I also liked that it made it seem like he was going to win. Yes, that's the true. Fight. Mm-hmm. So I was, other than it sucking that he's dead, um, I was I thought it was a good way for it to happen. Yeah. Okay. I think you brought me around on it. And actually, we should say Luke. He might not be dead. You know? Right. You never can assume. You can't. You can't. Even after somebody, you think somebody's dead. Maybe not. Because, you know, and Steven even gives us a little, a little glimmer of hope here when he's like, Captain, Captain Perron gave his blessing over Moonspawn. And there's a little bit of mystery that mixed in there. Right. And it's like, oh, interesting. There's a throne in there, too. There is a throne. It's a new house. Could be a new house. Could House be Luke. Spot. Ooh, that would be. Ooh, that's it. Is that a prediction, Luke? Uh, let's do it. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. House. And Whiskey Jack is the uh, is the head. Love that bridge burner house. Okay, it has to be in. All right, I'm into it. I'm into it. Okay, I think that's most of the big ending. Oh, okay. do you want to do highlights? Last thing with the ending, and this is the thing that I wanted more of. I wanted more dragon. Ooh. We've got two dragons flying around, crunching condors. I love a good dragon scene where we're in the thick of it. There's some dodging and weaving and dragons fighting. I wanted to be up there with the dragons a little more. I love love a dragon. This is a good point. More dra- more dragons is always good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, always. <laughs> Literally always. Yeah, that was my. That there's was... a lot of dragons too, because there's some dragons on 
Moonspot. Give us more dragons. <laughs> Please. I love that. Uh, okay. Let's let's jump to highlights mm-hmm. at the end. Um, my first highlight, this is more like quick observations. Okay. Uh, Tool is looking good. Now that he's got skin? He's looking very good. Now that he's got skin, uh, it took me a minute to realize that this was Tool. Yeah. But when he goes up to talk uh, the younger and he's like, hey, how you doing? You doing good? And talk the younger's like, yeah, right. I think I'm doing pretty good. And he's like, nice. Cool. See you around, brother. And talk's like, mm, I don't know who that guy was. Yeah. Yeah. He has a great smile, though. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Very good. Very good. Uh, I really liked the ending scene where... I think Gruntle is talking to our necromancer boy and he just mentions that the Bull Brothers are looking for him. And and like we know who the Bull Brothers are, but this guy has no idea. Right. And I'm just very excited for we, that to happen. Yeah. I was going to say we barely know who the Bull Brothers are, but Right. But we know that they uh, love killing mages. Right. That's their like whole right. vibe. So so that'll be fun mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Peron can teleport by drawing things, and maybe is a shapeshifter. Um, with the hound blood thing. Yes. Yes. We and like when he does the, he yes. Yes. I'm into that. Yes. More Peron's. Peron keeps going up, you know. Right. He seems to really be stepping into his own. Now that he's like kind of accepted these powers and and just like gotten over his stomach illness. He's right. he's doing good things. I think honestly one of my highlights is like we talked about this a little bit but just like that the bridge burners get to go, they get to just leave. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very nice. I was very <laughs> into was. that. Um and, like, there's a few of these scenes where there's just, like, real recognizing real that I'm just, like, so hype about every time. Like, the Itkovian yeah. thing where the gray swords are... There's that one soldier that comes up and he's like, hey, I've, I brought this helm because he gave it to me and I, I just thought it was nice. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the gray swords is like, no, 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 he would want you to keep it. And then she looks out and it's just, like, literally everybody is lined up to just, like, throw trash at him. Well, okay, not trash, but, uh, but, you know, everybody's lined up to give him something that they, they think is really valuable. That's just such a good moment right. for me. I was so into that. It is. This this ending felt like the ending to, like, a series. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, all the good stuff. Or we've finished the big battle, and, like, now the last few pages are, like, all the cool things that have that we can talk about but it's only like book three out of ten so that's interesting to me um but a lot of good moments mm-hmm. the uh one of my highlights is i am very into the new piran and raced dynamic raced being the jag hut that lives in the azath house mm-hmm. yes <laughs> and Pran just goes in there and is like, "What up, buddy?" <laughs> and he's like, not really into it either. He's just like, "Fine, I guess. What are you doing here?" 
Yeah, yeah. I am excited for that relationship to blossom. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. I think there's there is a lot of Poe there, indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of crazy characters in these Azath houses. Yes. There's a monkey in there now, like a flying monkey thing now. Mm-hmm. Lots of characters in there. Those are those are all my highlights, the ones that I can remember now. The ending was very good. I think here where it's like peak interweaving all of these different story elements together that happens mm-hmm. in like all of these books. I think this one is again doing that in a very good way. Um, very impactful way. Uh, but the the one thing that I want to say about specifically Dead House Gates and Memories of Ice. These books are like super Christian, right? Ooh. I hadn't even thought about it. Okay. So give, me, give me the connection. Here's, here's why I think they're just like super Christian and like there's just Jesus in two of these stories. The first one is Coltane literally gets crucified at the end of the last one mm-hmm. after like mm-hmm. bringing his flock to safety through the desert. Like right. that's just a fucking Bible story. Uh, and then this one, Itkovian is like bearing the sins of everybody and dying at the end to like take all of these bad things that everybody's carrying around with them with him into the afterlife. And like, he's like getting major props for it at the end. Right. This is, that's true. Yeah, for sure. Like if they're just, Big, now that you say that for some reason I hadn't thought about it, but yes, it fits very well. There's just Jesus in both of these stories. And like Coltane literally gets resurrected. Sure, Edcovian doesn't come back to life, but or yeah, yeah, Edcovian doesn't come back to life, but Coltane literally is resurrected after right. being crucified. Like these these books, yeah. when I was reading them, it just it felt like the endings were just like a step below Narnia in terms of like how Christian they were. That's yeah. Yeah, maybe there's something about them these being written with that in mind. I haven't heard anything about it, but I haven't either. It just they I was getting so many like Jesus vibes from these books. Right. Right. Uh okay, the last thing that I want to say before we do reviews because we haven't really acknowledged the like actual ending of the two Jaghut kids that were at the beginning. Um that somehow I didn't even make the connection throughout the entire book until then. Oh, really? Um yeah. But good stuff, our guys, for for fixing this kind of thing, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to acknowledge that. Yes. Um, but okay, let's do let's do reviews. I'll go first, and this is going to be more broadly about the three Malazan books. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Um, I en- liked these books a lot more than I thought that I was going to. To be honest, like I had heard a ton of good things about them. Um, and so I knew that they were like good, but I knew that they were, you know, they had a re- reputation for being super complicated and frustrating. And I don't know if it's just because we talked about them so much and it made it easier or if I like went in with a mindset already set on that. But the complication things didn't bother me and I actually enjoyed them, mm-hmm. like not really knowing what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that mm-hmm. the books I liked a lot more than than I expected. Um, 
Memories of Ice, I thought was phenomenal. I really liked this last book. Uh, the other two were also good, but Memories of Ice, much better. It just felt like there was so many big things happening, like a lot, that even though it was a super long book, it never dragged to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's my take. Yeah, I, I'm i going to come out and just like flat out agree with you. This one, Memories of Ice, my favorite of the three we read, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like we built to a point where all of these characters, we were like invested in them. We had heard stories about them and now we were seeing them in action and they were all doing cool stuff. The dialogue was very good in this one. Some of the like discussions between characters I thought were just like outstanding like bits of prose and like interesting thoughts that were like shared between characters like just like important things like good book things to be reading and so i was like oh wow this is a good book steven uh so yeah this book this book is my favorite of the three but the series i actually this was the book where i started to sympathize a lot more with people saying that these books are complicated because I like mm-hmm. at one point in this book, I was like, let me think of all the different things that are currently happening. And it was like so many. There's like so many yes. things going on all at once. And so I totally get that 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 some people don't like that. I didn't care because there were there were two reasons I didn't care. One, I was trusting that Steven would either like reintroduce me to this thing that was going on somewhere else when he brought it up again and so it would be fine. Or two, like the big picture story I kind of understand. So the little details, it's like I don't need the specifics of what is happening here. Like I know it's going to come into play later, but it it doesn't matter too much right now. So I was fine. Like I acknowledge, I I have like fully acknowledged these books are complicated. There's a ton of stuff going on, but I don't think it mattered for me very much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was very into him, but yes, the, the complication thing is very, and I would like often forget something and then it would come up later and I would, but we do read these a little bit slower than i probably would if we were not doing the podcast so mm-hmm. um okay anyway that is going to conclude the third book in the malazan series that's the last one that we're going to read for now um but malazan book of the next, summer is not over luke it's not over yet next week we're going to be staying on topic with malazan and we're going to be talking with the a couple people from the 10 Very Big Books podcast that is a Malazan-specific podcast. Uh, that's exciting. We're going to be talking about the first three books, what we missed. We're going to maybe play some games. Um, feel free if you guys have any questions that you want us to ask them, as they're probably more knowledgeable about it than we are. Uh, send us some questions that you want us to talk about on our Reddit page, or I don't call it a book club or Twitter at DC at a BC or even our Facebook page anywhere or email us, email us DC, DC, DC at don't call it a book club.com. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to be talking to them next week. We're looking forward to that. 
Uh, also, their podcast is like an in-depth dive on the Malazan books. So if you want to, you know, if you want to keep going, like if you're going to read book four and you want some podcast content for that tomorrow, uh, they're, they're done it. They done the darn thing. They done it. So check out, check out their show. Um, but yes, we'll be talking to them and then we're going to be taking a, a week off after that, which will give you listening at home the opportunity to send uh, send some recommendations our way. If there's a book you want us to mm-hmm. read on the pod, uh, get at our subreddit, tweet at us, let us know in some way. Uh, a book, ten books, a hundred, a list of a hundred books. If you want us to read something, uh, you know, send us some recommendations. Uh, we just might pick it up as our next book. Yeah, we'll see. And. Uh, I think with that, Luke, it's time to start another week of saving up all those hot takes. And acting like dumb nerds. <laughs> <laughs>